This is episode 101 of the Landscape Photography Show. And before we get into this podcast specifically, I want to thank patron for the podcast, Martin Gonzalez. Martin is a great photographer living out west. And honestly, ever since getting to know him and actually speaking with him on this podcast and go back in the records and listen to our discussion too, Martin has just inspired me to really slow down in my photography and look at the smaller scenes, look at the little details that make up a grand scheme. Martin's Instagram is full of amazing images and our discussion, you know, he really hones out how he approaches a landscape and it was a fascinating discussion and I just want to say thank you to Martin for signing up to support the podcast every single week you know in patreon we have different tiers that fit any budget at five ten and twenty dollars a month and that just helps me continue to work and get the best photographers on the show as a part of any patreon tier you're going to get access to exclusive audio from every single podcast that's released as well as extra benefits stacked on to the tiers as they go up in price so feel free to visit patreon.com slash david johnston and sign up for a tier that fits your budget now in this episode specifically it's a little bit different i've had panels on the podcast before and they always go really well And I've always been involved in extra panels too. And in April, I was actually out in Utah organizing the panels and leading those discussions for the Outsiders Conference. Once those were completed, I approached the guys at Outsiders. Everybody in that team has been on this podcast. Phil Monson, Ryan Smith, Dustin Lefevre and David Swindler and said those were such good discussions I would love to share them on the podcast. After talking back and forth with a little while, you know, they agreed to do this because they had such value within these discussions that they can help so many more people. And I'm glad they said yes. And it's so generous of them to say yes, because to tune in to the Outsiders Conference, you had to pay a pretty penny. And them giving up this audio so that more people could be inspired and learn about the creative in photography, the creative workflows that surround it, and actually expanding your creativity and the different approaches to creativity are really going to help you see landscapes differently. And I hope that episode, I hope that discussion even rings true to you as you listen and also inspires you to maybe try different things in landscape photography to get you out of your comfort zone and be more creative as a photographer. I think one of the coolest things too about this panel discussion is that every single member that was a part of this panel has also been on this podcast. So if you found something interesting that somebody said, feel free to go back into the podcast archives and find their episode. We'll be talking with Eric Bennett, Nikki Freitas, Ryan Smith, and Dan Ballard. The Landscape Photography Show is a podcast where you can listen to your favorite photographers talk about their journey in photography. It's a place where you can be inspired and also learn how to take better photos. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the stage. Go on, Hey! Thank you, thank you. Oh my goodness. Alright, well, we got a 
treat in store for you guys today. We are so excited to have the creativity and artistic expression panel hosted by none other than the man himself, David Johnson. Round of applause, everybody. Woo! This guy. landscape photography show. He is a connoisseur of moonshine from the backwoods of Tennessee. <laughs> and we're glad to have him here. We're glad to have all of our uh, esteemed panelists as well. And we're sure to have a great time. So, David, I believe this is yours. I'm going to pass it over. Thank you, Phil. I don't know about connoisseur. My previous neighbor that did make moonshine in the bathtub, though, so that's a fun fact. Um, I am honored to join the stage by all these photographers to my left. Uh, look up to each one of them, Eric Bennett, Ryan Smith, Mickey Freitas, and Dan Ballard. Uh, thankful to be joined by all of them. And I basically just want to start out the panel discussion talking about why you actually chose photography itself as the creative expression that it is, because there are so many outlets that we have as creative. Why, why photography specifically? For, for me, I just love being in nature. And it is a um, spiritual experience for me. So to be able to capture a landscape and um, to kind of, to be able to capture how I felt when I was standing there taking the picture is what I strive to do in photography. If I could paint, I would paint, but I can't. So that's kind of how I come to it. Yeah, I guess for me, like Nikki said, my main passion isn't necessarily photography, it's being in nature. And so photography just happens to be the tool or the medium that I use to share those experiences that I have in nature that I feel are valuable. And I just kind of, I mean, yeah, I don't know how to paint either. Um, I was into video before, but capturing nature in videos didn't seem to quite tell the story or convey lighting and things um, as detail-oriented as I wanted to. So I feel like I naturally just kind of stumbled into photography because of what I was trying to convey. I think for me, well, maybe a little different. Uh, I grew up in a, a town of 75 people. Uh, my graduating class was four, and um, this was before you know, Instagram and all this stuff. So trying to show the world to people that, I mean, my friends had never seen an airplane before. Uh, many of them had never left the state of Colorado. So they just didn't have any idea what the world was like, and um, I was lucky enough to start traveling pretty young. So I think my original kind of goal at that point was just to try to show people, you know, how beautiful the world is. Uh, nowadays, of course, with Instagram and everything, it's almost the opposite. I'm almost thinking, stay home, everyone, you know, everyone's traveling now. Uh, but that was kind of the original thing, to you know, share that from where I was from. So for me, it's about keeping the memories alive. Um, I love to reflect back on positive memories when things are tough and difficult. And for me, being able to look back and the lessons learned and beautiful experiences is just very powerful for me. And in my opinion, nothing can convey quite that same feeling. Words can't, smells can't, songs can't, but photography can. And for me, it's about keeping that memory alive and, you know, Bringing positivity, you know, to my life when, when things are difficult. 
I think it's fair to say that on that note, for all of us, we can't photograph enough. Um, especially, I can, I can speak with, for myself on that, and a lot of people watching and listening here. Uh, what do you think would happen if you didn't have photography anymore? What would happen to your creativity? I think the <clears throat> creativity and inspiration would still be there. I would just have to find a different kind of medium to express it. I'm not attached to photography itself. It just happens to be the easiest, best way that I've found to share the message that I want to share. I also love writing, so maybe I would just pay more attention to that, um, spend more time writing, trying to share my experiences through words, which I feel at the moment is kind of limiting, and I use my writing in addition to my photographs to accompany them and tell a broader story that way. But I guess if I didn't have the choice of doing photography, I would just find some other way to express those things that inevitably I'm going to be feeling. I definitely agree with Eric, and you being into a lot of other you know, art forms, uh, I definitely think that I wouldn't struggle there. The biggest thing for me, though, with photography is, man, it just gets you to such incredible places. I think everybody can, you know, can relate to that. Uh, you end up in these incredible spots at the right time of day to see it at its best. Um, and I think without photography, not getting to those spots, not being forced uh, to be in those spots, that would really be a loss for me. I think for me, I would still be doing exactly what I'm doing. Like you said, I would be in nature, and I just wouldn't be able to be documenting it in the same way. So that would be tough, and I would have to find some other sort of creative outlet to release that. But I would still be doing the exact same thing. I'd be in a world of hurt, that's for sure. Because <laughs> I love, love photography. Growing up, I always tried to draw, tried to paint, Bob Ross made painting look so easy. And then you try it, and you're like, this is worse than trying golf. It's just a brutal experience. So I would go back to try to paint, and uh, but it would be very difficult. You know, when Ryan, Dustin, David, and Phil kind of introduced this topic as a panel discussion, uh, I was racking my brain to think of the most obvious question I could find. And it really whittled down to, in 2021, when you're sharing images so much as being shared right now, either on Facebook, Instagram, you can probably Google any location, let's take Kanab for example, and find an image on it. Um, in, in that sense, when you're looking for places to photograph, you're trying to envision an image in your mind, how do you take a location that's, that's already been shot and you make it creatively yours and unique to your own perspective? Well, we go in the backcountry a lot, so we try to kind of do things that are not the typical um, and try to find scenes that we've never seen because it's hard to backpack for 20, 25 miles with all your camera equipment. So it's just not as, as done as much. Um, but I think for me, how I get around that in the more traditional places is by chasing weather and chasing storms because that's going to create a totally different landscape and obviously chasing things like flowers or things like fall color that only happen for a couple of weeks out of the year. Those are things I really focus on on the more iconic places. I mean, on the other hand, I don't think you need to visit 
a new place to create novel photography. Like you said, like you can return to the same place or a place that many other photographers have been to and still offer um, your own creative experience through a photograph. So I think it just comes down to having an eye, um, looking for subtle differences. And I guess my approach, it's not really intentional, but when I go to a place, I can't help but um, have things draw my attention. And so when something speaks to me, that's what I photograph. It's never really predetermined or um, something that I decide beforehand. So I think by being spontaneous, you can allow inspiration to come and create photographs that other people probably wouldn't find because they're not going to have that same kind of interest that you had in some little detail or a different kind of perspective. And for me, there's no problem going to enjoy the icons that we see other people enjoy. They're icons for a reason. And what I find myself gravitated towards is I might make a trip to go see, you know, Banff and all the icons up in Canada or a particular whatever location. But along the journey, I pay really close attention to the vision of what catches my attention along the way in the, in the journey. So I might be going up to Moraine Lake, which everybody else goes to. But along the way, I might stop and shoot those non-iconic images. And that's really motivating to me. I think I'd like to just elaborate a little more on both what Nikki and Eric said, and Ryan to an extent. Um, I think, first of all, when it comes to light, I think she's exactly right. If you're, I feel like with landscape photography, there's generally kind of two separate ways we can do things. We can either go out there and we can have a location found to begin with. So we know we're going out to this certain spot, and we found it ahead of time, and we've scouted it. And we're basically waiting for light to happen. So we're sitting at the spot, we're going back to that spot over and over again. We're literally just waiting for the light. But the other way to do it that's not quite as common is to just chase light instead. So you're not actually going to a certain spot, you're simply chasing the light, uh, you're shooting whatever you happen to find. Um, and I found that that's so great when it comes to creating something original, because you're forced to shoot quickly, uh, you're forced to kind of not think, uh, you're just creating. And so I think that's a really good point. And then also as far as Eric says, I think the same thing. You go to these you know, really popular places, but if you don't go to those super iconic spots, and sure, like Ryan said, you might as well go and enjoy them, but if you stay away from those spots, it's amazing how many great locations are out there that no one tends to go to. Everybody's at the iconic spots. So just by avoiding those, driving around, man, every uh, super iconic place I've ever been to Places like Moab, Patagonia. The number of original shots to be found right around the corner of some of these super iconic locations, man, they're everywhere. There's so many great locations. So I feel like both of those things. Yeah, and I'll call out uh, Mark Denny yesterday, because me and Mark went and photographed yesterday in Zion, and we were going to a popular spot. And Mark said something really profound that was, yeah, I don't mind photographing like, the popular spots because no one has my photograph of that. No one has my experience of that. And I thought that was a really cool statement uh, that he said. Now, I didn't show him any of the spots that I saw driving in because I don't want to see this. So, David, if you don't mind, I, I have a question that I'm curious to hear one have, including you. Um, speaking of that topic, what do you guys think about going to an iconic location and trying to make it your own versus saying, okay, it's iconic, let's not shoot it at all? 
one thing I challenge my workshop participants um, is before you move your tripod from the, the iconic view, pick five or six other directions, angles, put a telephoto on. If you're in a slot canyon, put a telephoto on, see what you can take. And I've had people look at me when I had zoom at 600 millimeters in, in a tight, narrow slot canyon. I've taken one of my favorite slot canyon images that nobody can understand where it is. And, and to your point, you know, don't be afraid to, to try. Film is free these days. And the artistic vision, which is what we're talking about, can come through experimentation. You don't have to know what your artistic vision is. Experiment and see what, what brings you happiness. And I always challenge people. This is not a competition. This is not posting for fame and likes and things like this. This is developing what makes you happy. And if somebody tries to take away your happiness from shooting what you like to shoot, then, then there's, that's the issue, right? And at the end of the day, it's what makes you happy in developing your own artistic vision that's, that should matter. Nobody else's opinion should matter. Experimentation and experience is exactly right. If you move your tripod one inch, that could totally change the entire composition of your scene. And so I totally agree with what Ryan said. Change your lens, change your composition. Have a creative vision. How, where do you want to take that photo in post-processing? And that makes it unique to yourself. So. Um, on one hand, I love discovery, I love exploration, so I really enjoy going backpacking in remote wilderness whenever I can, just because, you know, I just love seeing as much of the world as possible, and I love the feeling of being in places like that that are really wild and there aren't a lot of people around. But on the other hand, I think it's kind of silly to restrict yourself from going to places that are popular, just because you think, well, since so many people have gone and shot it, that you have nothing new to offer, that you're not going to be creative enough to come up with your own interpretation of the place. So I never steer away from a place or restrict myself from where I can or can't go just because how popular it is or not, because I have the confidence in, um, I guess, myself or just in the way that I usually experience things, that I'm gonna have some kind of new idea when I go there and I don't like copying other people, so I know no matter what, I'm gonna do something different or not take a photo at all, which isn't a bad thing either. For me, the most important thing is experiencing the place, first and foremost, sometimes photos result from that. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that, actually, because in, in my experience, you know, I've had, I've, I've limited myself from those classic shots of like just pulling up in a parking lot, standing on a sidewalk and snapping the, what, what's it called, a tunnel view or something, or in my case, Clinton's Dome from the Smoky Mountains. Um, and I've limited myself to that creativity of getting something that could be uniquely mine. And, and that was challenging in a way, and I'm curious to know if, if any of you are familiar with or practice photographing celibacy before you visit a spot. Is anyone familiar with that term? I'm familiar with it, like intentionally not looking at other people's work because you're afraid that it might influence what you do and then maybe you don't take a photograph of the place because someone else did when you would have come up with it on your own. Or at the same time, you know it's been done so then you intentionally do something different. But, I mean, I don't practice it myself because I draw enormous amounts of inspiration from the work of other photographers, especially the 
older guys that came before me that have classic timeless work. Um, I think there's a lot to be learned from them, and I think if you're not looking at other people's work, you're kind of robbing yourself of that. And also, like as a writer, I learned a lot of writing from reading books. If you're a musician, I would think that you would listen to a lot of music. If you're a chef, you would want to be trying lots of food all around the world. Like as a photographer, I think it's the same thing. Um, looking at other work is a great experience, and it also gives you an idea of what has been done, and it can help you progress because then you can kind of see what's possible, and you can go even further instead of not really having an idea of what are the things that are being done, and maybe having your standards a bit lower because of that. So, just, I want to just mimic everything Eric said. I think that's exactly right. Um, the, the, the funny thing is, I, I tend to do the same thing in terms of looking at the work for inspiration. Um, it's so inspiring to look at these other amazing photographers and see what they're doing. But I tend to look uh, very closely before I go to a certain place, actually so I can avoid shooting myself. So, so I feel like I'm trying to get the inspiration, um, but I just I don't necessarily want to have an image that somebody else has already shot. Um, partly because I feel like the impact goes down once you've seen a photograph. Um, if you can shoot a photograph that you know no one's never really seen before, I just feel like it has a lot more, um, lot more, lot more power. You, you look at that photograph for the first time uh, of a scene you've never seen before, and wow, just I think it really transports you differently. It just has a different effect than a shot that you've seen a lot. Um, so I've shot I mean, tons and tons and tons of icons over the years for sure. Um, I still you know, continue to occasionally, but if I can, I definitely prefer to shoot something that you know, hasn't been seen. Uh, it, it's a lot more fun and uh, just a little more power. How do we continue to expand our creativity though? Because there's that point in photography when we first start out that we're like learning everything, we're learning how to compose a shot, the right settings to use, and all that. But there, there comes a point when we're kind of thinking, well, what, what's next? Is there a next point in, in expanding what we can see as photographers and as a creative outlet? For me, it really comes into what is it that, that I need? Um, for inspiration, for motivation. Uh, for example, I have no issues doing artistic composites and, and creating uh, potentially things that, that don't exist naturally. I know that that's kind of a hot topic for a lot of people. My goal as a photographer is not to document or journal a particular time or place, but it's really to draw inspiration from nature. And, and not that nature needs to be recreated by any means, but uh, for example, there's just lots of artistic um, you know, composites that, that you can tell. I mean, like I have one, for example, of, of uh, you know, trees and, and, and fields and night sky and the sunset that cannot exist at the same time. But for me, I call it my field of dreams because it's things that, you know, draw inspiration for me. So I create art for me first, and if it by chance inspires and makes somebody else happy, great. But that's not my goal as an artist. And so when I develop something for my artistic vision and to kind of continue to grow that creativity, it's what, what does Ryan want? Like, where, where does Ryan want to go with this? Um, I would say a great way to kind of cultivate your creativity would be by constantly trying to step out of your comfort zone. So trying different um, 
you know, shooting photographs of different subject matter, um, shooting different types of scenes, trying to have um, as much diversity in your approach as possible. So not falling into formulas or repeating the same thing over and over again. Um, I think if you find yourself in that stage or you come to that point, um, come up with new things to try. And it's, you're not necessarily going to be successful right away, but I think you know, not being afraid to try new things, that's a great way to try and uh, cultivate more creativity. Yeah, and in that too, there's there's a sense of vulnerability in that, and just like being willing to step out of your comfort zone and try that. Step out of your comfort zone and show the world, hey, I saw this unique composition, or I saw this unique subject, and or technique, like black and white photography, you've never done that, small scenes, natural designs. I saw this and I wanted to photograph this and sharing it is almost a, a deep sense of vulnerability that, that we as artists all, I think, aspire to, even though it is a little bit scary to share. Some of my favorite artistic pieces of, uh, like Tetons, for example, are paintings of the buffalo with the mountains inside. It's like a double exposure. You, you may have seen hats or shirts with that. And that's something that I haven't tried, but it's on my to-do list. And so things like that are just, you know, not necessarily photography, but art. And you have to define for yourself if, if you like art, if you like photography, or if you like both, and just being open to that. But that was one example that, you know, take this wherever you want. Like, you know, don't worry about what other people's vision and artistic creativity expressions are. Do what, do what makes sense for you. Just, just to add something to that as well, I think pulling inspiration from other types of art, art forms uh, can be so helpful. Uh, one of the, like, the really the major turning points in my career, um, I've been playing guitar for quite a while now, and to me, guitar had always been, you know, you got perfectly in tune, you had this really good instrument, you had brand new strings on, you know, you, you sat down and everything had to be perfect before you started playing. And I was traveling in South America and met this musician it was playing on this old broken guitar. I think it was missing strings. Um, I know it wasn't in tune. I mean, th this, this situation was just terrible, you know, I thought to begin with. And they started playing, it was just incredible. And I, I just loved the music. And I feel like that changed my photography. You know, just it, it really made me think like, wow, you don't necessarily have to follow any of these rules or sit down and do this scripted thing. Uh, you can just create and just kind of do whatever. And a lot of times that in itself will push you uh, to do something different, to try something new, to try something you haven't done before. So something else I'll add kind of to my thought earlier is um, while you should try to step out of your comfort zone as much as possible, um, I, I'm not a fan of the approach like waking up in the morning and saying, okay, today when I go out, I'm gonna shoot these kinds of scenes or I'm gonna only shoot wide-angle scenes or anything like that. I think it's more about going out and letting things call your attention and figuring out the best way to shoot them instead of trying to impose a certain kind of look or style or technique to photograph them. You instead let the scene or the lighting dictate how you shoot it and being open to more possibilities of how to shoot it instead of you know, intentionally saying, I'm only gonna do telephoto scenes today or I'm only going to do wide-angle scenes today. I think that can kind of box yourself in and do the opposite. On that though, with techniques, do you first have to know 
that if you see something new and you want to try it out, is it still like, do you have that sense of freedom to kind of flex that creative muscle and say, no matter what condition, I'm going to go out and try this technique? Um, I just feel like if you do that, instead of being open to the possibilities, you're kind of boxing yourself in. Like you're kind of setting limits for yourself before you even go out and experience things. Um, you do need to understand the technical aspects, I think, to a certain point. It's kind of like knowing what tools are available. Um, I don't think you... Um, when it comes down to creativity, like knowing how to do things can help you be more creative because you're not distracted by trying to operate your camera or get the settings right. You can do those things very quickly and smoothly and then focus on composition and lighting, more uh, creative things. So you do need to understand the technical aspects, but I'm not sure. I mean, I guess that would be a good exercise, but also just understand that it takes a long time to learn these kinds of things. So being open to failure, right? It, it's not a bad thing if you go out, you try stuff, and you don't come back with a photo. You need to have your priorities set straight so that going out is good enough, and you kind of relieve that pressure of having to do anything else in order for it to seem successful. I think that is going to help you be a lot more creative without having that kind of pressure on yourself or stress of needing something to happen in order for, you, in order for your time to be um, spent, you know, wisely. One way that I push myself out of my comfort zone is sometimes it's because my husband happens to like to go back to the same place so much, I will force myself to shoot something totally different than I did before. So if I shot a scene this way, how can I make it look different? And that forces me out of my comfort zone. And also, like everyone said, being open to seeing something that might not have been you know, your idea of what you were going for that day. My best shots are the most unexpected. The shots that we're driving on the road, all of a sudden the light happens and there's just a scene out of nowhere and I'll jump out of a moving car to go get it. And that's, that's the type of shot that is the best type of shot, being open to that and not, I photograph with some people who they have one type of shot in mind and if it doesn't happen, they put their camera away. And that really limits your creativity and your personal growth. For, for me, the technique is not the goal. So I, I never go out saying, I'm gonna go uh, incorporate this new technique that I've, you know, that I've picked up, focus stacking or whatnot. It's, it's I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna explore if I see a scene that I want to portray in a particular way or have a goal with, then the techniques come in and help me accomplish what my goal is in expressing my vision. And sometimes it's, I've gone out there and I've, I've said, oh, like, I'm not able to capture this you know, amazing um, field of wildflowers like I want to. Next time I better go back home and learn the techniques to do it. So even though it's not, uh, I, I miss opportunities that way I've, I've you know, lacked some technical aspects in, in particular situations, but then the next time I go out, I'm more fully prepared. Um, I think, uh, real quick, something that Nikki just said is like a great intentional way to try to be creative by returning to the same place over and over again. I think that is great because you have to be creative. 
Otherwise, you're going to take the same photo every single time, and I don't know who would want to do that. So you're, you're really forcing yourself to come up with new things, see it in new ways. I mean, uh, one of the things I learned from the pandemic is like how creative we can be. People were posting amazing ice images or intimate scenes of plants in their backyard. Like, they were stuck at home with less options, so that made them be creative because they had to, you don't have a choice. You're either not going to make photographs or you're going to find some kind of way to come up with something. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you look at that, you look at the examples of creativity coming out of the, the past year and a half, um, it seems crazy that it's been that long, but if you look at that and then you look throughout history, every single time there was a major world event, a pause on everything, kind of, there was always a huge influx of creativity in the art world, whether that be you know, the Renaissance, the Dark Ages, all throughout our history, you get this creative push coming out of this. So it's, it's exciting for me to, to come out of this, not only to just see people like Ryan, I'm sure you're, you're stoked that this is actually happening, um, but to see the levels of creativity that's coming out. Uh, and, and Nikki, you said something, you know, people you go out and shoot with, how if they don't get the exact image that they want, they put the camera away. How, how much, and this, this relates to everybody, not just you, but I'd love to, for you to start out with, how much do expectations play into when you, let's say, boots on the ground, hit the field, and, and go backpacking or go to a familiar location? You mean expectations of getting the shot? Yeah. Yeah, that's hard. I put a lot of pressure on myself, so I need to chill out most of the time because I, I have the expectation of me that I want to go out and shoot, you know, for two days and come back with 20 images. That's like the expectation I put on myself. So I have to calm myself down. But I don't let anybody else's expectations or um, judgments or, I don't let that limit me at all. And so I have to, I have to really work on that because I have very high expectations of myself. And maybe when the, the scene, the weather's not cooperating, or maybe when it wasn't what I expected, I have to kind of just take a step, step back, ground myself, and really be present in the moment. And that helps me with putting that pressure on myself. Yeah, I, I agree with what he said as well. Uh, I think, mean, look, for me, um, it's gotten a lot easier to not have that pressure. Um, I feel like when I first looked at any photography, I did feel that pressure really strongly, um, especially if it was a big trip, especially if it was a very expensive trip. Um, you know, you're traveling half around the world to, to go shoot in a certain location, and I felt like I have to get something. I have to come back with this great image. Uh, and if I didn't, then I felt terrible, and I felt like it was a failure. And Eric mentioned this earlier too, but I think now I feel like that's almost secondary. Uh, the trip should really be about having a good time and exploring and seeing something incredible, being out of these wonderful moments. And the days whenever the light's bad and it's clear blue skies, man, that's awesome. That's a day that you just enjoy and you just love being in nature. Uh, Whether it's bad and things are great, you're making these great images, then yeah, that's that's incredible too in a different way. Uh, so nowadays I feel like I have very little pressure. Don't really care to be honest with you, and I honestly feel like I make a lot of work in, in those situations. For me, I always have a goal as to why I'm going somewhere to shoot. Um, I don't want to talk more about that here because I'll talk about it in my presentation. But you know, 
Shooting with a particular goal is great to get you out, but along the way, without a doubt, this last couple of years, I might not know why I'm drawn to a particular place, but I guarantee you, once I'm there, the story unfolds. And the meaning comes, and I've gotten to the point where I don't need to put any pressure or have a particular goal in mind because I know that I don't know right now why I'm going to shoot a particular location, but now I know once I get there, whatever that story, whatever that meaning, whatever that philosophy in my life that I need, it's going to be there. And uh, what's really neat about that is when it happens, and whatever that story and the meaning that's there hits, it, it you just instantly know. And so with experience, and that's why I shoot, uh, is to kind of bring more meaning into my life, it's just a beautiful thing when that happens. So I no longer put pressure on myself, because if I go trying to capture a story, and the real story happens and I miss it, then, you know, it's, it's a... It's not mission accomplished. I found the best thing for myself is to have zero expectations in terms of photography. The only expectation I have is to go somewhere, experience it, and return home safe and sound. Anything else that happens is just a bonus in terms of photography or some kind of story or you know thing that happens. Um, but there is a small detail. The, five of us that are up here, we do this full time. So it's easy for us to say, oh, it doesn't matter if I go out this week or on this trip and come back with no photographs, because next weekend I can go again. But a lot of other people probably in this room and in the audience um, are watching and they're thinking, um, you know, I only have a certain amount of vacation days in the year that I can practice photography. I don't have the luxury of doing it full time. So it's a little, it's not that it's, no longer true in their case. I just think it's a lot more difficult to accept that you might not get photographs, that you um, you know, might go on a trip somewhere, and it's kind of hard to justify it without having any kind of expectations of coming home with more than just you know having a good time. That's true, and, and on that, and, and based on what Dan said, about you know especially like a big expensive trip if we're limited on vacation time and we just spent a lot of money to go to Banff or Hawaii and then we want to come back with that shot but who's putting that pressure on ourselves it's it's only us nobody else is putting that pressure on ourselves so we are in ourselves limiting our mindset of what we can create in the field and what we can express through our photography I, I know we're, we're Wrapping up, we're ten minutes now. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> How much does does post processing? And Ryan, you mentioned not not worrying about like doing composites or anything like that. So let's start with you on this. How much does the post processing help and benefit your creative expression through photography? For me, you know, it, uh, post processing, the sky's the limit. You know that. For me, all, all, it's not about that whatever I saw wasn't good enough. It's me just creating something that's, you know, uh, mystical, magical, beyond. Um, so I really saturate colors. I'm a big color guy. You'll see out in the, in the, in the lobby. Um, so post-processing can accomplish things that otherwise can't happen. And again, every to, to everybody's, you know, own liking. 
Um, I, I will never try to convey that somebody shouldn't uh, be like me. I, I really respect those who don't do much post-processing. Uh, but again, I think for me, the biggest message is what makes you happy. If post-processing makes you happy, do it. And never impose what your own preference is on another. Um, I see too much of that in our world, and it, it creates a lot of strife amongst photographers. We should all lift each other up instead of feel like we have to convey someone else should do something because that's your preference. Photography should be fun. We were just talking about that before this. And I feel like sometimes we get really serious about it, and to me, photography is art. And I know there are people who want to make composites, and there are people that want to be complete purists. And there's space for everybody. It's about owning what you do, and being honest about what you do, and loving what you do, and having fun with it. For me, if I'm at a scene, you know, if I've backpacked 20 miles, and I wake up in the morning, and it's a bluebird sky, and there's a nice alpine glow, and it's beautiful, I might drop in a different sky, because maybe it wasn't exactly what I was looking for. So post-processing for me does help. I will never, I'm not the type of, um, Photographer who will, you know, act like put Lupin in front of Fitzroy or something insane like that, or make roads where there's not a road. But if I'm going to enhance a scene, or if I can make sure that I that the scene is believable and that someone else could go there on any day and see what I took a picture of, then that's what I will do in the processing. So. And so I guess again, Nikki and I were talking about this before we started here. Yeah, it, it should all be about fun. I mean, really, if, if you enjoy something and it's making you happy and it's getting you outside taking photos, yeah, I mean, do whatever you like. Uh, but I will say, just to just to to, to, to be the devil's advocate here, um, personally, I am not for the dropping skies and that sort of thing. Uh, just honestly, because of the challenging aspect of it, um, to me, photography is all about the challenge, and I love the fact that photography is so hard. And whenever I do get that incredible sky. Man, that's just incredible to me. So yeah, I might go to a you know, hundred trips and not get that once in a lifetime sky, but when I do get it, it's just so amazing for me. So, so that's where for me personally, I don't do the sky thing or anything like that, just to uh, keep the love of photography alive almost. So almost a little bit opposite. I love the respect though, because you two can sit side by side, say those things, and still appreciate one another as artists. And, People use photography as a creative outlet. We were literally, we were literally just saying before we sat down, we were both complimenting each other's work and how much we admire each other. So I love that we can have differences of opinion. Yeah, Eric. Good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One, one other thing, you got something else? You have a great question, but I have a super great question for Eric. Okay, go for it. No, take the reins. So, so, so Eric had mentioned something that's super uh, interesting to me and something I think about all the time, uh, and that's breaking away from the formula. And I was just curious what your thoughts were on how to do that. <laughs> I know it's a really tough question, but do you have any thoughts on how you go about trying to get away from that? I guess just like I said before, never having any kind of preconceived plan or deciding how you're going to photograph that day or photograph a scene before you actually arrive and see what the light is doing, what kind of things are happening, what kind of mood is being expressed by the weather. Um, just kind of learning how to pay more attention and notice like subtle details, subtle differences in things and let 
you should always let the scene dictate the way you shoot it, whether it be wide angle, zoomed in, mid-range, um, fast shutter speed, slow shutter speed. Those should never, those are decisions that should never be made until you're in that moment and you decide what is going to best convey the scene. So you should never be intentionally trying to do anything until you're faced with the moment. Do you actually find yourself saying, okay, this scene looks great, this composition looks great, but I'm not gonna shoot it this way because it feels similar to the things you've seen before? No, but I tend to just naturally see things in a different way. It's not that I try to see them in a different way. It's just um, things calm. I mean, my photography is showing a new world, I feel like. Um, I live on the same planet, but in my photography, you get to see the world through Eric Bennett's eyes, which is a completely new place, because I'm gonna be showing things that maybe you've never paid attention to before, just because they're personal to me. That, that's a great point, though. Like, the world through your eyes, and everybody here who is a creative person, and I'm, if you've listened to my podcast, I'm huge on personality types and how people see the world. Not everybody sees themselves as creative. Even though they probably are, they just see creativity in a different way. So just wrapping up, I know this is probably my last question, and I think it's pertinent to people who are analytical thinkers. In creativity, if you are a data-driven person or an analytical person, how do you flex creativity when you are in the field? Ryan, since I said flex, let's go to you. <laughs> That's tough because, you know, I, I in, in the corporate world, I was very analytical, and the reason I incorporated photography in my life is to kind of create some balance. So I try not to be a technical guy. I try not to flex my analytical personality in, in the field because I'm trying to balance myself and get away from that. So, in fact, you know, I, I was saying to somebody yesterday um, on the BNH uh, chat room or the, uh, the clubhouse, part of me is trying to unlearn a lot when I'm in the field and just detach from everything that I do know so that sometimes I'm not so anxious to incorporate everything perfectly but just to enjoy the moment and try to capture something beautiful. And a lot of the times, the more we practice, you know, that, that flow just comes. Um, but, you know, now I'm just trying to enjoy the moment more and worry less and flex less uh, the technical aspects. Yeah, and, and on that too, if, if you have trouble seeing creatively in the field and you are data-driven, look for patterns. See two, four, twos in patterns. See repetition. See lines that over-dissect each other. Um, but on that note, I think we've included everybody in creativity, and I just want to thank you for your time. On behalf of Eric, Ryan, Nikki, and Dan, uh, I'm David. Thank you so much for the time and, and your appreciation of the panel discussion. So I hope that panel discussion gave you a lot to think about when it comes to creativity and landscape photography and kind of expanding your vision of creativity too. Everybody on that panel has a different way of doing things. Everybody on that panel has a different approach 
to their photography. And I think that's so fascinating and it's something that gets lost so often because we can get wrapped up into our own workflow and the photographers that we follow and kind of the mundane over and over, this is what we do. When you expand your thinking and try different activities in photography, approaches to photography, I think that can expand your creativity and really get you thinking about different techniques to use to amplify what you're trying to say within a photograph. I have some distinct reflections about this panel discussion and I actually shared them over on Patreon for a bonus audio clip for everybody to listen to who is a patron, just like we talked about with Martin Gonzalez at the beginning of this episode. So if you want to support the podcast and you want to get access to this bonus material every single week, go ahead and go to patreon.com slash David Johnston and sign up for a tier that fits your budget. Next week, we're actually going to have another panel discussion from the Outsiders Conference, this time on Nature Conservancy, so I can't wait to see you there. 